0: Hey everybody, it's Dean with The Two-Party Podcast. I just wanted to let you know, when we started doing our show, uh, we we started with a platform called Anchor. Now, Anchor will let you uh, edit and and upload your your podcast onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money because they distribute uh, and they also offer sponsorships. Uh,
1: So it's a great platform to start with, and it's a great platform to use, and it's just an all-in-one, everything, every every tool you need to get started in the industry. Uh, So if you wanna check it out, uh, again,
0: it's Anchor, you guys have a great day. Dean with college, out. Saying how things are kind, you kind of forget that things are, are back to normal there.
1: Yeah, like the lock is back to normal, but you can see that economically, it's it has a huge impact about. 1.2 million people will be losing their jobs. That's what's expected, at least by the end of this year, 2020. Right. So it's going to be very difficult.
0: So, and you said that people are kind of just kind of throwing parties and and just going about their life like everywhere. no big deal, huh? Yeah.
1: yeah, everywhere.
0: That's that's so scary. Um, like here here in the United States, we got you know a lot of a lot of states have have locked down, so a lot of them are kind of. You know they're in that still in that lockdown pattern. And we have we have our, our election coming up, and obviously that plays a big part in this. It's it's a lot of political games right now. Um, we, we know we have a virus going on, we know we know people are dying, it's very serious, but at the same time, we got two parties in an election that are just fighting over who's gonna rule the country here. And and then you've got, you know, each state is is allowed to do its own thing. So here in Oklahoma, we don't have a a full lockdown. Um, but we do have in, in the bigger cities, Oklahoma City and Tulsa, we have mask mandates. So like everywhere in public, you, you're supposed to wear a mask, um, even though they don't enforce it. I mean, they have the mandate in place, but no, you know, you see people walking around and going to work without masks. Um, the numbers here in Tulsa were pretty high for a while in Oklahoma City, but you know, they're, they're highly populated cities. So it makes sense why the numbers would be so high. Um, but, but it's interesting because there's other states, California, Washington, Oregon, um, in, in a couple different states where they, they are on pretty much kind of a full lockdown. All the businesses are shut down other than you know, grocery stores um, and, and they're, they're still seeing a rise. Um, so it's a, little, it's, it's a little crazy here, um, but you still have people that are going about their business. You still have people that are working here.
1: Yeah, so when, when if you talk about the face mask, it's, it's uh, highly imposed here in the UAE. I mean, for starters, like if you if you're caught walking around without a face mask, you'll be charged somewhere equivalent to a thousand U.S. dollars. Wow. But, yeah, but that's outside on the, on the outdoors.
0: Once right. Once you're
1: indoors, though, those rules don't apply. So my thing is, the outdoors are actually much safer. There's fresh air. Like you're yeah, that's kind of
0: how the- I feel <laughs> about it. I kind yeah. of feel the same way, like if you're outdoors, why wear a mask, um, you would think. It's
1: indoors. That's actually important and necessary.
0: Yeah, and that's how I feel because you're, you're more, when you're indoors, you're more containing it. They, they have a funny, they have a funny rule here where like you, you basically, when you want to go to a restaurant, you got to wear your mask. You walk you wear your mask into the restaurant until you're seated at a table and then you can take your mask exactly.
1: off. Exactly.
0: And it that doesn't same make any thing. sense to me because you're, you're basically yeah. walking into a room of germs and then you're going to take your mask off. and. I don't know. I I think, uh, I I think this pandemic is probably at the tail end of it. Hopefully science will show us that a a lot of things are overreacting. Um, A lot of things didn't work that they thought worked. And and I think that the going into it, you know, going into this, not knowing too much about the virus. And then, and and then just making assumptions on what we're supposed to do and everybody kind of doing it may, may have played a good part in saving lives, but it also may have played a part in maybe taking lives.
1: Definitely, because uh, what happened was, you know, when the whole COVID lockdown started all over the world, uh, it was kind of late. I was in Ethiopia at that time mm-hmm. and I was in a different, I was in a different city, or a smaller city, uh, doesn't have much of the facilities you could be used to in a bigger city. Yeah. So while I was there, our country reported the first case of coronavirus, and that state that I was in went on full lockdown.
0: Wow. So no
1: going in, no going out, and I was actually stuck there for about two months. Um, While I was there, uh, like, once I was okay with the virus, like, once I was, I knew that I can take care of myself and leave the house and go around, I started leaving my house and going to small business owners, like small shops, and I saw how much they were struggling. Some people were saying, we'd rather die of corona than see our kids starve to death.
0: Yes, and, and there was businesses think, here that did the same thing. They they really felt keeping their business open was more important.
1: Yeah, no, the, the, I think COVID has killed more than we, the, the numbers say, and I don't mean like people who are sick and infected by the virus, I'm saying generally through how the economy has affected everyone, especially small
0: business owners. I I agree. And I I actually had a friend, a neighbor of mine that actually took his life um, over the whole, you know, but he was going through a divorce. So he was already having some depression issues. But at the end of the day, he ended up taking his life in the middle of the pandemic because, you know, it was just a little too much.
1: Yeah, I've heard so many stories like that, like,
0: yeah, and it's, and it's sad, but, you know, I mean, I feel like the response, I feel like, you know, our governments, no matter which country you're in, your, your government's, and you know, obviously entitled to keep you safe and do what it has to do to uh, protect the population, but I, I feel at the end of the day that maybe some of the measures they took were a little extreme, and I feel like um, there, there should have been a better effort, or maybe in the future, learning from this, there should be a better effort for our governments to sustain um, businesses that, that, that basically are producing the commerce and the economies, they should find a better way if they need to shut down for something like this in the future to be able to continue to sustain, uh, business owners.
1: But you know, I'll kind of disagree on what you said. Like, of course the government's responsibility is to take care of the people, but what I noticed, at least like what I noticed around the world and including my country was during the whole COVID time, governments used it as a way to show they're better than another country and get international recognition for how they're taking care of the virus rather than actually looking up for their people.
0: I would agree. I actually would agree with you on that because uh, we, 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 as as you know, I mean, we got President Trump here and as, as you know, I'm sure around the world everybody has their opinion of, of President Trump and and, and because we're in an election, it's become, uh, here it's become a political thing. It's, it's literally, um, I guess for lack of a better term, you could say it's become a political weapon. And so, uh, like you said, Trump's, Trump's used this to say United States has had the best response in the world. And, and while I agree, he, he, he started things as soon as he could early on, and I agree with that, um, I think there's things he could have done better. And, and I agree with you where the government shouldn't be sitting there trying to compete with each other on who's got the best response versus they should all be uniting and working together as, as a global um, yeah. assistance.
1: Definitely. But, I mean, we can never understand politics and why they do what they do. It's just better to respond to their action.
0: Yeah, correct. I mean, okay. politics, you know, we get, we get into a little bit of that on the show here. Um, and, and I keep up with it, obviously, but because we're in an election year right now. And, um, sour and, and I, things,
1: by the way.
0: what's that? Uh,
1: like, so are we, South Ethiopia. It's so, so you
0: guys year. have, your elections are, are going on right now too, huh? Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of, you know, disagreements about whether there should be an election or not. So lots a lot of problems. <laughs> So it, sa- it? so
0: it sounds like to me that you guys are probably going through similar uh, similar things than we're seeing here then.
1: More or less, but I think ours is a little bit more intense because at least in America, you, everybody is American. Everybody, like, you know, you don't identify yourself as Californian or New York. Right,
0: you guys there have different diverse cultures.
1: Yeah, that's very diverse and, you know, we already had problems before COVID, but those problems got intensified because of the election. Right. And everybody wanted an election and the government just postponed the election, which was supposed to happen last August because of Corona. And thus other states are refusing to accept the extension. Right. And some states even held their own election, their own state election. Wow. Against the federal government. Like, it's, it's quite crazy. It's.
0: So, so would you say, I mean, just just would you say that the, the current government that's in place is, is good, or, or are you in support of it's time for change in the in the areas you're at?
1: A little bit of both. Okay. So here's the thing. Is the current government doing what they're supposed to do? No. Right. Definitely not. But... And do we need change? Of course, we do need change. But I don't think there's any other person eligible enough to come and bring that change that we're looking for. You right. know, you can ask for change, you can beg for change when you have someone else in place to take over, but we don't. Right. I think the best thing we can do is support the existing government to do its best. And yeah. trust me, that's going to be difficult. And the reason why I say this is our current government is a transitional government mm-hmm. who overthrew the previous government which happened like I think almost three years ago or something and right. things just got worse and we have to look at ne- neighboring countries like what happened in Egypt although they have recovered quite well from what happened then we have Tunisia, Libya, Yemen like, we have all those countries that we need to look for everybody asks for change, begs for change but there needs to be someone who's capable of bringing that change as well Otherwise, you're going to be left with new greedy
0: people. Right.
1: You get rid of all greedy people
0: and you have new greedy And people. you get a new gre- a new greedy pe- person in yeah. place. It, it seems to me like, and I know it's very difficult, you know, like you just said, I mean, it's very difficult to say, like, we need someone new, but but we need to make sure that who's coming new has new ideas or, or can can do what they're supposed to be Actually doing or say capable. they're doing.
1: Yeah, that's capable. actually
0: capable. Yeah. And, and then at the end of the day, uh, like in our in our situation here in America, you've got obviously it's a two party system. You have Democrat, you have Republican. There is an independent party, but let's be real. They've never stood up or been able to stand up with numbers to be on the ballot, really. So unfortunately, here we're stuck dealing with two two parties that rule our nation and they, they're dominant. And unfortunately, no matter which party is in power, uh, they fail us as, as a as a nation. And with you guys, you have such a diverse cultural, you have so many people from so many different backgrounds, uh, in, in one area that, that to find you guys, what you really would need is a leader who is open-minded to cultural diversity. So you would need somebody who can, who can not only offer the help you guys need and the capabilities you guys need, but you need somebody who's also not just going to side with one culture or the other.
1: Yeah. And he also needs to he or she needs to be accepted by everyone as well. Because right. if it comes from one, you know, ethnic tribe, then the other one will just refuse him, not because of them, but because of where he came from, or again, right. where he or she comes from. I'm saying me because he never had a female leader before. But anyway.
0: Right. I I find it so I find it so strange. Maybe it's just me, but I I find it strange that in that we're in the year 2020. And e- around the globe, we're still having, you know, issues with cultural diversity problems. Like, we're, we're still having, um, I guess, cultures that just can't agree to, to be okay with somebody else or be okay with their neighbor or, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe the way I, I was raised or something. But I, I find it so difficult that people can't get along with other cultures peacefully. I
1: don't know, it's, it's actually really, it's very pointless. I mean, yeah. I'm not encouraging like any type of religious uh, problems or arguments, but yes. at least with religion, religion is a choice.
0: Right. It's
1: a choice everybody makes, but with your ethnic group if, if, or where you're born, you're not born American because you wanted to be a born American.
0: Right. You didn't have a choice in that.
1: You never had a choice in that. You might get an American passport, you might become an American by force, but... <laughs> You're not an
0: American.
1: Right. You're not mother. And it's the same thing with this. I was not born Ethiopian by choice. It just right. happened. Yep. And for me to hate someone else because of where they're born from or where they're from or what their ethnic group is, that's my own insanity. Like,
0: right. And, and that's what I tell a lot of people, too, for, for you to, to, to hate on somebody else. That's not their personal problem. That's your personal problem and your perspective. Yeah,
1: it's actually... Hey, it's like, it's a Cuban to beating someone because they're a girl and a boy. That was not a choice.
0: Correct. biologically, true. they didn't have a choice at birth.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, I, it's like, beating someone, it's exactly the same thing, at least for me.
0: Yeah, I, I, would, t- I would totally agree. I think, you know, it, it's crazy. In this world, we really need more. We really need more peace, obviously. We need Acceptance. more love. We, we need people think- to, we really need nations and cultures to, to come together um, and, and I've heard over the years about, you know, let's all come together on common ground. And unfortunately, over the decades, we've never, nobody's ever really found where that common ground is. And so I think it's, we've just come to a point where we need to accept people for who they are, exactly where they are. So if, if you're from a certain culture and you do things differently, um, I need to accept you for what you do and how you do it instead of trying to find reasons why I don't like what you're doing.
1: That and also that like we, we shouldn't be the same. Correct. So yeah, like I think that common ground, finding a common ground thing is still trying to find a similarity, but why can't you and I get along even though we don't have anything similar?
0: Right, it's okay to be different.
1: But yeah, it's, it's very okay to be different. and I, I think it comes down to insecurity and not feeling safe with the other person. Right that forces us to want to find something similar like, in order to like that person if you're not similar to that person then you're not going to like that person That's right where we're
0: at. yeah that makes sense yeah
1: yeah
0: um but but yeah it's 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 weird um how do you you know over here we we just heard about the that uap deal that went on over there how, how do you feel about that that peace deal did that did that really have any impact over there or no
1: um, to be
0: quite honest with you, I don't feel any way about it. <laughs> okay, I, I was just curious because because we yeah. we heard about it here. You know, they, they they did the signing of all that over here um, yeah. with I guess UA yeah. or I guess it was UE and I think it was Israel and yeah, UAE and
1: Israel. Yeah.
0: And and I, uh-huh. I you know I know there's been there's been warring factors going on there for decades, and, and you know I keep I keep praying that we get some peace over there in the Middle East or or in, any of those nations just come to terms with like. You're our neighbor. Let's just stop this, and, and not just not just the governments to do it for the people that are dying, the civilians that are being killed in these wars.
1: I completely agree. I mean, you can never say I would never have any bad opinion about people coming into peace. Yeah, but I also don't know what this deal really means. I think economically, it's going to be very great because uh, some banks are, uh, as far as I heard don't call me on that right uh, some banks are trying to offer loan services and into the uae market as well this is what i heard which is going to be very very good for the uae that's already started as well between uh, israel and uae which is also incredible for both countries and i think this could be a spark of creating peace with all the other nations around as well
0: Right. And I, I, and I think that's, you know, I think that's really a great thing. Um, I mean, obviously anytime there's peace or, or a meeting between two cultures that can, that can find peace, that's a great thing. But, you know, I have looked at, you know, I've, I've watched these, these, these things go on and obviously you living in that area, you're you're more familiar with this stuff than I am. But when you see, you know, just innocent civilians, uh, children being, you know, their parents being killed in wars and, uh, or just children in general being killed. It, it just, it's, it's just hard. It just crushes my heart to know that people over there can't just live their lives, run their businesses, live in their homes without worrying about, you know, gunshots or bombings. Uh, that, that's
1: actually like, the most heartbreaking thing ever.
0: Just yeah, it's just, it, it's just scary. Situation. I mean, it's got to be scary or horrific to even have to think about that.
1: It's definitely scary, because I've, I'm also seeing similar things happening in Ethiopia as well. I mean, because of all the clashes, all the ethnic clashes, people are dying, so many people are being displaced. I think Ethiopia actually had the highest number of in-country displacement in the world. Yeah, because see, that,
0: that's so scary.
1: It's extremely scary. Children are dying, and what's really sad is what children are being brought up. Into like what what they're watching growing up. Yes, yeah. They're not having education that they need. They're not having peaceful life that they need. Like, that they even deserve.
0: Correct. They, they don't. They're not getting the resources they truly deserve it's when they're born.
1: And they're they're growing up with hate as well. So when this kid grows up, he's going to be told told stories about how certain type of people, you know, tortured his family, make them suffer and you think this kid is ever going to have love for those people when he grows up you never have it. you're just going to create another generation of hatred
0: right and, and that and that's been we you know you and you know, even at your age and, and my age i mean we we've watched this as we've grown up i mean this has been going on in our world forever and and you know sadly what what's obviously like you just said the, the not having the education to 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 not be able to get educated as a child and be able to actually come to a point in your life as a child or a teenager to see, like, there's a better way um, to, to be able to make a conscious decision instead of being raised and grown in, up into violence, uh, where you believe that that hate and that that that's how you're supposed to be. Um, it's it's sad that we can't get past that.
1: Yeah, it's just not going to be able to be, and it's not going to be something that will stop as well the way it's going. Because
0: right. You can't. Our generation
1: is making the mistake and the next generation is going to continue doing the same thing because they don't know any better.
0: Exactly. And I don't
1: know. When will it stop? Don't yeah. know.
0: It, it's scary. Yep. It's scary. Um, so what is, what is your goals? Um, What's your goals in the future? I mean, where do you see yourself in, say, five, ten years? What are you really wanting to, I mean, do you have some goals you've you've set aside or things you're trying to achieve now? Tell us about that.
1: It's a little bit long, so you'll have to bear with
0: me. (laughs) Oh, that's fine. That's fine.
1: Uh, So there's something that happened recently during the corona time. I told you I was stuck in that small town. Yeah. Ethiopia and once I started leaving the house and going to small business owners and looking around talking to people I realized that like those small advices I was giving those business owners was being very helpful to them and so like while I was there I decided to kind of support five female business owners Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurs. There was one lady who was innovating, and she, she was an innovator. She worked with her hands. She was a mechanical, mechanical engineer. She was making machineries and robots. And what really got to me was one uh, machine that she did. Like as soon as came, within fifteen days, she created a robot that cleansed the toilet.
0: Wow! But
1: I was so I know, like I can't get into exact details because she's still on her cabin and I don't want to right. talk about her right. permission yet, but that really inspired me and got me thinking like, this is a small town where they don't get that exposure that even we do in the city or the rest of the world has. Right. If they're able to do this stuff, because there were also other entrepreneurs, like the rest of them were also doing incredible jobs with the small resources that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, got me thinking that like, there could be a lot more people who will benefit from even a small help that you can offer, whether that's financial or just even consulting them.
0: Right, right. And, and, and sometimes that's what it takes is just being a support network, um, just giving your experience as, as you have, have made your way through business and gotten to the level you are to be able to share that with another uh, smaller person with, uh, that's trying to start a business or someone that has a business, but you want to be able to take them to the next level.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I did, and I the feedback I got, like the results I saw were very, like, they were a lot more than I expected. So by the time the whole lockdown was over and I went back to the city, I decided to do it properly. I registered a company. I was like, I know what I'm going to do this finance and consultation services for startups and SMEs. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that while I was in Ethiopia. And Dubai was also on lockdown during that time. And I I don't don't stay long in Ethiopia. As soon as Dubai opened, I came straight here. Once I came here, I started meeting more people. And I found out that there are actually a lot more people who can benefit from this as well. Even in Dubai, you'll think they have all the resources, everything they need to start their business. People were still struggling. Right. So yeah, so I start now I have a platform where I'm helping people from Africa and the rest of the world as well. Very cool. uh, Through consultation, but my goal is My goal is to allow because you know in Africa, we have two different types of people. We have it to the extreme. We have Young people and even older people who have money that they don't know what to do with. Right. I mean the wealth distribution is quite insane. So you have extremely rich people and you have extremely poor people. Mm-hmm. And the rich people don't really know what to do with their money. Like they don't know where to invest it or right. to even give back and have, like contribute. It's right like yeah so my goal is to uh, create an angel investment group for uh, africans so that they can actually invest in african startups as well in that, would, SMEs.
0: that would be huge
1: yeah so i'm actually working on that, and, uh, hope that can work.
0: that's awesome yeah. so 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 if it, so let's say like a 10-year like a 10-year vision so you you know you could probably between just using your ideas you just discussed um you could probably be a consultant to be able to help businesses succeed um you could probably be at a point where you could you could get this angel investment type thing going and, and probably be able to potentially help communities um that maybe maybe need the help but but don't know how to get the resources as well as as putting you know like you said maybe putting rich people's and you know teaching them where to invest money in areas where A, they're getting their investment back, uh, but at the same time, they're also helping their local community and commerce. Yes. Yeah, that's huge. Um, And I think we need, you know, again, we need more of that Um, when when you have, when you have basically, like you said, you have a poor class and you have a rich class, you don't really have a middle class. And unfortunately, you know, the middle class tends to be where everybody in the poor class is trying to get to but if there isn't one and there's nobody investing in the poor or the communities that the poor are in um then they just remain poor Um,
1: yeah and the the biggest challenge i think is right now they don't know how to connect and they don't know about each other as well so if you go to like the remote areas they will not they never think there's someone out there that can help them they're, they're not even in that environment. That yeah,
0: they just think they're, they they were born, they're born into something and they can't get away from
1: it. Yeah. yeah. And then when you go to the other side, there are some people who are oblivious and that will actually, you know, how can I say it? Disagree um, with you that Africa is even a poor continent. Right. That's how, that's how life is treating them. That's how good life is for them.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. I don't know. It's like, as I said, everything is to the extreme.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, we talk, we, we, we hear all the time about, you know, in the media and stuff about equal rights and, and people being, you know, people getting equal treatment and stuff. And, and I guess at, at some point, like you said, you know, uh, when you grow up rich or you grow up where you have money, um, you know, your parents raise you in a culture that that's not, you know, you don't really hang around with poor people. You don't really know about, poor you know, what what the lifestyle is. And then on the, on the flip side, the poor people don't really have time to hang out with the rich people either. Um, it does create kind of a void where, um, where, like you said, a rich person may not believe his country is, is poor or has poor because he's never been around it. And then yeah. the poor people will never know what, what getting out of, uh, out of a poor situation is because they don't have those opportunities because they don't have them in their communities either.
1: Yeah. And our system is actually designed to separate the two as well and like keep them in different ways. For example, if you go to school, you have public school and private school those two kids will never meet each other. If you go to transportation, you have fancy cars and public transportation. Right. They'll never cross path. Like it's, 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 it's if you think about the whole system, at least the way it is in uh, countries like Ethiopia, there's no chance for those two to get together or to even sit on the same t- table.
0: It, oh. Yeah, and it almost sounds like there's a need. It almost sounds like maybe there's a need for, say, like a nonprofit organization or, or maybe just an organization in general, whether it's for profit or not, uh, maybe to make, create a situation where there is a, um, I don't know, uh, just kind of a, a situation where maybe the kids from the, sc- the, poor, the the public schools and the kids from the private schools, maybe there's an organization that can bring them together maybe once a month or um, start doing community projects where the kids get to meet each other and they get to become friends and know each other through an organization that helps support that maybe that's what's needed in there
1: i think yeah i think if there were any type of organizations or programs like that it would be it would actually be very good because it's going to benefit both number one for the rich kids it's going to teach them to be humble and learn about how fortunate they are right because they don't know what the other side looks like and also for. The poor kids don't have hope one day that their lives could be better, their lives could be changed. And I think the biggest problem, and I will say almost in the whole of Africa, would be people never look back. Not everybody was born rich, of course. People, Some people will pass all the struggles, they'll make it, and they never go back. Right. They, they don't even go back to show up. If that makes sense. And
0: yeah, at, at places where they're needs, from yeah so. yeah and that's that's another one of those where you know I, I talk about a lot of my life and, and some of my past history on the show uh, a little here and there but you know I, I've been down some pretty rough roads and I've gone through some pretty rough times in my life and low points and you know I always try to help other people now uh, in the position I'm in now. I try to reach down and help people come up because I was one at one time in a position where I needed help and there was people that actually reached out and helped me. And I remember them. And I remember, I remember being in a place where I thought there was no help and no hope and I wasn't going to get out of a situation I was in and somebody did reach out. And, and like you said, people that don't look back at where they come from, um, they're really kind of doing a disservice to themselves, but they're also doing a disservice to the people that they left behind who, who deserve the same opportunity, who deserve an equal opportunity to, to be able to live life light on that level, or, or even a step further from that level.
1: And yeah, I think what people actually forget is for you, for me, for anybody at any position where they're comfortable, to be where they are, there was someone you don't know that contributed the tiniest bit that allowed you to be where you are today.
0: Exactly. For sure. For sure. Yeah.
1: And I think we all forget that. Like, I mean, it's, it's actually... It's
0: crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. And, and it, you know, what it does for me these days, the older I get, um, what it does for me when I when I reflect on stuff like this, is it makes me want to, it makes me want to, A, get, get involved in, in more things that, that can help. And B, it makes me want to be a better person. And, and it also makes me, uh, C, it makes me look in the mirror more at, at what legacy am I leaving behind? What are the things I'm doing today what are the things i'm doing today every hour of today or every hour of tomorrow that i'm going to plan um that are going to leave a legacy behind not not just about me but for somebody else that i could contribute to helping
1: yeah, and, and somebody else you don't even know and who won't even know you uh, yeah most,
0: yeah most really important to help a stranger most important to help someone that never knew i could help them and they don't even need to know i helped them yeah
1: because i think the problem right now in the world with helping whether it's through those NGO programs, by the way, which I'm so completely against. I've seen a couple of NGOs, and I'm like, like, um, I've seen them from the receiving end. Right. The, it's so disappointing. Yeah. But yeah, well, I wouldn't want to get into that.
0: Yeah, there's, there's some some of those organizations that, that they say they're doing something and they don't, and, they, and what they do is they give a bad name to the people that really are trying to help.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whether it's NGOs or philanthropists or anything, they're trying to do something in which they get the recognition or I guess like they.
0: They get credit for it.
1: They get not just, not just they get credit for it, but they get the. They get something out of it very quickly. Right. So there's that like that uh that like instant gratification.
0: Right. Everybody
1: wants it to be done quickly. Everybody wants it to be, you know, known, like everybody wants everything to be done very, very quickly. Nobody thinks about the future. What's going to happen? What's your actions today going to, how's it going to help 10 years from now, 20 years from now?
0: Right. I mean, it's one thing to go, it's one thing to go help one child in the community one day, but, but what does that one day help if you, if there's a way you can help that child in the future?
1: Yeah. I mean instead of feeding a whole community, help one kid go to school. Yep. You'll make much bigger difference like that. But of course you're not gonna take a picture of it and post it on Instagram. So you
0: can Yeah, yeah, the, the people that do it, yeah, the people that do it for, for social status or for ego, I guess. Um, it, it's sad to see that. Um, I, I hate seeing that. Um, I, I'm more I'm I'm like I said, I, I'm happier Knowing that, that, that I can just, whether it be just a smile, holding a door, giving somebody a compliment. Uh, if I'm going to drive through somewhere, I pay for the meal behind me. And if I pay for the meal behind me, the person behind me doesn't even know who I am and I drive off. And so it's not about getting the recognition for me. It's about, you know, did I, did I, was I able to bring a smile to somebody's face that may, may have been depressed? Am I able to hold a door or compliment somebody who then will go home and maybe treat themselves better, treat their spouse better, or treat their kids better um, because so of me? Because of my them gesture, them. right? Because of the small gesture I did. Um, is is there somebody who's contemplating killing themselves or or committing suicide um, and maybe my my break in, in a conversation with them or or a compliment or a smile was enough for that to, to deter their thoughts and they don't kill themselves today? Um, you know, those are the things I try to, you know, I try to be more impactful in the moment. And I hope that the things I do, my gestures I do to be impactful in the moment also help impact their lives as a whole. And maybe even like you said, in the future, maybe, maybe my impact would change their, di- their, di- their, dynamic perception. And maybe in the future, they, they would start thinking different ways or think maybe there's hope because one person was nice to me today.
1: Exactly. And then you can even inspire them to be nicer to other people. It's going to have like a ripple effect.
0: Yeah, and that's we what I hope.
1: Credit to, yeah.
0: yeah, and that's what I hope. I mean, it starts with me, you know, me at the store with one person being nice and that person maybe that, that day because I was nice to them is nice to, to two other people. And then slowly the community that I live in becomes a better place.
1: Yeah, but as I was saying earlier, like, you know, about the whole looking back and going back to helping the community. One thing that I found very disappointing in mm-hmm. the whole Ethiopian culture. And reason why i'm so into the whole women in business topic is when i started working i'm i'm young i'm a girl and i'm working for my father Like right getting earning my position getting respected or taken seriously was the hardest thing it took about i don't know maybe at least two years
0: yeah yeah
1: and i was always trying to reach out to you know, women entrepreneurs, Ethiopian women entrepreneurs who made it, who are successful. I can honestly tell you there was only one positive feedback that I got from all the women I reached. So I'm very, mm, I'm not going to say I'm very confident, but I'm not afraid to go and reach out to people like I reached out to you. Right. Uh, Whatever way I can, if I'm going to text you on social media or if I see you somewhere, like if I think I want to talk to you, I'm gonna reach out to you, and I right. did that explosively over and over again. And there was only one positive feedback that I got. It was only one lady. The rest of them were not even willing to give me a minute of their day. And I don't know that I don't. I think that's why I'm so interested in the whole woman in business thing because I don't. I don't want to be that person that I hated at that moment.
0: Yeah, and and, and you know, it's it's like you said. Um, you know, you reached out to me um, I, through, through the, this app that I use to, to find different guests. I got a lot of people that reach out to me on that app. And, um, and I had reached out to a few people as well. And, and when you found me, I was like, yeah, let's do this. This would be great. And, and, you know, the way I look at it is, first off, I wanted to meet you and know who you are and what you're about. And, and then, you know, I can look at your profile and I can read what, what you have written there that you've written on there. But to, to talk to somebody personally, you know, a, across the world, and what they're going through and the, and the struggles they have to get to the point of being successful. And then t- talking to you now over this interview, you know, hearing, hearing how how you're, how you're looking at the world and your perspective on that side of the world. And I'm over here in the United States looking at things. But at the end of the day, we're, we're both kind of viewing things where we see where there's needed, needed change, but we're also seeing where we can help. And just by us talking and meeting and then sharing this with the audience, I feel like we can make an impact uh, on somebody, even one person that hears the podcast interview. Uh, maybe we're, we're that one person or that one woman who's, who's struggling with what you struggled with. Maybe, maybe it's just enough to hear this and hear your voice and hear what, why, where you were. Maybe that one woman will step up and, and her career will move forward because of it. And she'll have the confidence to move forward. Well,
1: I hope so.
0: You know, I mean, that's, that's how I look at things. I mean, there's a reason I, I, you know, there's always a reason, no matter whether you're religious or you believe in God or whatever you may believe in, there's always a reason for connections, I believe. And, and there's, there's always a purpose for it. And, and, and the purpose is behind those, those things we wait, we may never know, but it's always, I always say that the the reason things get put together, good or bad is for good. So even when there's something, you have a bad day and something goes wrong, or you get in an argument with somebody, there's always something good that's coming out of that whether it's a learning experience or whether it's uh, being able to communicate or learn how to communicate with somebody who's difficult. So it, it really, to me, I, I hope this reaches somebody that can help them. Um, but I really appreciate the conversation and, and it was it's really been great talking to you. And I, I hope to have you on the show in the future. We can, you know, we'll check back in with each other and see where we're at in, in a little while, six months, a, a year, kind of see where things are at.
1: Yeah, definitely. I hope to talk to you soon as well.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, I'm going to get off
1: here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get off here. I've got another interview okay. right behind you, but um, you have all my contact info um, and, and I, I will reach out to you when we're all done. Yeah,
1: okay, thank you very much. And please do send me that uh, pre-workout thing. That I, will. About.
0: I will. Is there anything you'd like to share with the audience? Um, is there a website or anything Anything you'd like to share before we go? Uh, I
1: mean... You can share my email address. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Perfect. That's about it.
0: All right. Well, then I'm going to wrap it up.